Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys tonight. I personally have really enjoyed the messages we've been hearing at the quarry. And it's not just because I've been a part of a couple of them, but they've all been helping, helping me a whole lot. And if you guys remember, we had Amzie and he talked about like uh, what to do when you feel overwhelmed, which super relatable. And then I talked about what to do like when things don't work out and when you're disappointed by life and by situations. And Shelby Lynn even talked last week about connecting the dots and how to kind of like make things work in your life. And how do we stay connected? And how do we stay in a place where we're really like getting our life from God? So all of these messages are kind of tying together. And if you're listening, I think you'll really, really be helped because I know that I've been helped by these things. And these aren't just issues for middle and high school students. They're like issues of life. I have learned that you really don't grow out of your problems. (laughs) They just grow with you and become bigger if you don't deal with them. So it's better just to learn how to deal with those things so that you're not 30 and being like, okay, this wasn't as big a deal when I was 13 and it seemed kind of innocent, but now it's like taking over my life and it's a big deal. So I appreciate messages like this that help us overcome some of these things that are very human and that we all struggle with. And that was a really long way to get to the title of my message, which is called How to Be Happy. I was going to call it The Pursuit of Happiness, but it was too dated, and that movie was also before your guys' time. So, how to be happy. And frankly, I want to talk about this because one of the biggest disappointments of my adult life is just how unhappy I've been for a lot of it. You know, I have been so unhappy, and it came as a real shock to me. First of all, my personality is kind of like upbeat, so that wasn't something I struggled with when I was a kid, and this is probably the case for a lot of us, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us, that when you're a kid, it was really easy to be happy, right? Really easy to be happy. Your problems weren't very big. Um, Even when I was upset about something, it didn't last very long. It was so easy for me to be happy. So I just assumed, well, when I get older, it's going to be even better because I'm going to be happy, but I'm going to have more money and I'm going to be able to have my own house. Nobody's going to be able to tell me what to do. I can have ice cream for dinner if I want. I'm going to be so happy. It's going to be just like this, but better because I'll just have everything I want. And my parents don't have to tell me anything and I can do whatever I want. Did your parents used to tell you that? Like when you'd ask to do something ridiculous, they'd be like, um, you can do that in your house, but you're not going to do that in my house. So I had this idea when I got my house. It just was going to be a great time. I'm going to be happy and it'll be even better than it is. So when I grew up, I was shocked by the fact (laughs) that I was very often not happy. This was something that used to seem so easy. Now all of a sudden it's not. It was something that was even really automatic. I didn't have to try. I just was happy. And now all of a sudden, I'm not happy anymore. And that was a huge disappointment to me and a really big part of looking back over the last decade of my life from 20 to 30 is just seeing how unhappy I was for a lot of that and how confused I was by the fact that I wasn't happy. Like, I got the things that were supposed to make me happy. I did the things that were supposed to make me happy. Uh, You know, I got my own money and I can do whatever I want with it and I'm still not happy, you know. It was really confusing and it kind of slapped me upside the head. And Shelby Lynn even talked about that a little bit at camp, which was so great. Like, you know, you're hanging out with your best friends. Like this used to make me happy. Now it doesn't, 
you know? I got my first job. This is great. There's money in my bank account, but this was supposed to make me happy, and it doesn't. And I got a car, and I got a license, and I can go wherever I want. This was supposed to make me happy, but I don't feel happy. What is this? And so I realized that I didn't really know how to be happy. And it seemed like something that was really out of my control. Like I felt like I did all the right things. I did things I liked. I did things I enjoyed. I had friends that I loved, but none of these things were making me happy. And I want to tell you guys tonight, in all honesty, I don't know how to tell you to be happy tonight. We'll close in prayer. No, I don't know how to tell you to be happy because when I chased happiness, I was so disappointed that the things that were supposed to make me happy didn't. Then I felt worse than I did before because there's disappointment compounded on top of that. You know, when I thought I knew what I wanted, I thought it would make me happy. I got it and I did it and I ate it. Sometimes I'm an emotional eater and after a bad day, I'm just like, I just need to go to Grader's and I'll be happy after that. I'm not happy after I do that. I'm not. (laughs) It's a silly example. And then I go to McDonald's because I had something sweet. Now I need something salty. Then I'm really not happy. And it was just a bad night altogether. But, you know, you think you know these things and then you get them all and you're still not happy. That's super disappointing. So I, I don't know how to tell you to be happy because I can't find that in the Bible. The Bible doesn't tell us how to be happy. But... The Bible tells us how to have joy, which I'm going to show you tonight is much better and much more valuable. So although the title is How to Be Happy, we're really talking about joy, how that differs from happiness, how that's better than happiness, and how that's what God has provided. So I just have two simple things I want to tell you guys tonight about joy. And the first one is that joy is a fruit, not a feeling. We're going to look in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 for this. In the Amplified, I love these verses. And if you've grown up in this church, you've heard them since preschool, but just hear it again with like a fresh set of mind tonight. It says, but the fruit of the spirit or the result of his presence in us is love, joy, inner peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. So this is obviously where my first point comes from, that joy is a fruit, not a feeling. Happiness is a feeling, but the Bible says joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. We could update it and we could say it this way. Joy is a result of spending time with the Spirit of God. Back then in the Bible times, things were a little more agricultural, like tons of people were farmers and lots of people's, that was their livelihood. So if you'd been born back then, you could have been a carpenter, you could have been a farmer. But if Jesus stood up in front of you and talked about fruit, you would have really caught on to that concept because it would have been a big part of your life. Well, it's not as big a part of our life today, but we can still look at this and say, joy is a result. This is really good news because here's the thing about results. They're guaranteed 100% you can be sure of them if you do things the right way. So for a really practical example, fitness. If I ate super clean for 30 days and went to the gym every day for 30 days, I could be 100% guaranteed I would see results. 
I wouldn't know exactly what I was going to look like, but I would look different than I do now, okay? I could be guaranteed of that because I did the things required every day, so I know that I can get that result. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to question about it. My job doesn't have to change. My money doesn't have to change. This is a result I can make happen anytime I want if I just do the things it takes to get there. Another example uh, that's kind of a silly one, but it's on my mind right now because I need to mow my grass is yard work. If your yard doesn't look good, guess what? You can mow it and you can be sure it's going to look a little better, right? That result is guaranteed. If I go out and mow my yard, the grass is not going to be tall. My yard will look better, right? It's a guaranteed result. Do you see my point here? Results are guaranteed. If you do what's required, you will get that result. And that is why it is so powerful to realize that joy is a result, not a feeling, Because frankly, I cannot always control the feelings I get in response to certain situations. I can keep them from taking over me, and I can deal with them when they show up. But frankly, I cannot stop always anger or sadness or whatever that rises up within me in response to something. That is fairly out of my control. So happiness can't really be chased. It can't really be harnessed and it can't really be guaranteed. But joy, on the other hand, as a result, can absolutely be guaranteed. It's a fruit of the Spirit, so it's a result of spending time with the Spirit of God. If I do that, then I can be sure I will be joyful. And the Bible confirms this again in another place. It's in Psalm 1611. And it says this in the Amplified. You will show me the path of life and in your presence is what? Fullness of joy. It's hard to get confused on that, right? It didn't say in your success is fullness of joy, or in your career is fullness of joy, or even in your family is fullness of joy, or in your marriage is fullness of joy. No, it says in God's presence is fullness of joy. If you don't have joy, I can tell you how to change that super simply. You need to get in God's presence more. This isn't going to make you feel super excited because it's nothing new. It's not the things that we haven't heard really that we're just missing in life. You know, sometimes we're just like, I don't know. I just haven't found like the secret to happiness or the secret to joy. Well, it's not a secret. It's just that we're not doing what's required sometimes. So if you need more joy, you really just need to get in his presence more. If you want that result or fruit of joy in your life, here's what you need to do. Read your Bible and pray, and worship every day. That's not super exciting, and it's not groundbreaking, but it is something that works. If you want that result, that's how you get there. Just like I can buy a treadmill and let it sit in my house and never use it and then get mad that I didn't like lose weight or whatever. Well, yeah, I didn't get that result because I didn't put the work in. It's exactly the same. Like, you have a Bible, but if you don't read it, you won't get results. You are saved. You have a relationship with God. But if you don't pray, you won't get results, right? I know that sometimes in our minds we don't want to hear these things, but it really is just the simple things that are keeping us from what we need and what we're really looking for. So in the same way that I have to consistently put in work maybe to uh, be fitter or to have a nice yard or (laughs) whatever it is, we have to consistently do the right things in order to have the result of joy in our life. So I'm not saying that one day reading one verse in the Bible is going to make you just like laugh out loud all day, but I am saying that 
every day putting in time with God and spending time with His Spirit will bring joy in your life. I can 100% guarantee that result. God said it, not me. In my presence is fullness of joy. So if your joy is not full, you just need to get with God a little more. The second thing I want to tell you about joy tonight is that happiness is circumstantial. Joy is circumvental. I had to Google that because I knew circumvent was a word, but I didn't know circumvental, if it was a word or if I made it up. But it's a word, you guys. So write it down and use it. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is circumvental. And we're going to explain what I mean by that. We'll look first in James 1, verse 2. And I like this in the New Living. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, so like hard times, difficult situations, whatever, consider it an opportunity for great joy. This is super powerful and super the opposite of like what your brain and your body want to do all the time. This is what he's illustrating. Joy is not based on my situation or my surroundings or my circumstances. And I know we can all sit here and nod our heads, but at the same time, we often get tripped up thinking, if this would just change, like I would just be happy. I'd be so happy if this was different. I'd be so happy if I didn't have to be around these people, or I'd be so happy if I just had enough money to do this, or I'd be so happy if I just had a life like that person. But listen, God is saying to us here in this passage, joy is absolutely not based on your situation or your surroundings or your circumstances. And he goes a step further to specifically say, consider it a joy when hard times come. A lot of times in the middle of hard times, we're just waiting to get to the end of those hard times, right? I'm just waiting for this to be over. Like, this sucks. I hate it. It's really hard. It, I just, man, when I just don't have to deal with this anymore, I'll be so happy. God is saying, hey, there's a better way to do this. When things get hard, count it joy. Have joy in that situation. Too many times we're just waiting on things to change so we can be joyful, but the reality and the better way is that we can experience joy even when things don't ever change. Because here's the thing. I can control my life and my actions, but I can't control your life and yours. And if you want to, or anybody else on this planet, you could spend your whole life trying to make me miserable. You could be mean to me. You could be rude to me. You could insult me. And I could sit over here and say, gosh, if I just didn't have to deal with that person, I'd be so happy. Like, when this ends, I'll just be so happy. Guess what, though? I can't control that. That might never end. So in lieu of that, it's better just to go to God and say, hey, I know this circumstance isn't ideal. I know the situation isn't what I want. I know this time right now, this season is very difficult, but I'm not just going to sit around and wish for it to be over and be miserable in the meantime. I'm going to choose to have joy in the middle of this because joy is a result. And it's not a result of my situation. And it's not a result of what other people do to me. And it's not a result of what kind of success I can attain. It is a result of spending time with God. So even when my situations are not ideal and they're very hard, I can still experience joy. That's why I'm saying joy is not circumstantial. It's circumvental. When something circumvents, it just goes around it. It means to bypass. Joy is able 
to bypass all that hard stuff that would try and push it out of your life and just stand firm and say, no, I can be joyful even in the midst of this. And my joy can be strong even in the midst of this. It can be present in the midst of this. It is able to bypass things. Why? Because it's not a feeling. Your feelings might change, but your joy doesn't have to. Joy is a result. It can circumvent what's going on in your life. And I want to take that thought a step further to say, your joy is also not found in your achievement or success. And I want to look at Psalms 4 for this, verses 7. And in the message, we'll read a few more. In the New Living, it says it this way. This is King David talking. You've given me greater joy than those who've had abundant harvests of grain and new wine. That's an old-fashioned way to say, like, successful. I have more joy than people who are more successful than me. In the message, it says it like this. Why is everyone hungry for more? More, more, they say, more, more. I have God's more than enough, more joy in one ordinary day than they get in all their shopping sprees. At the day's end, I'm ready for sound sleep for you, God, have put my life back together. And that is such an accurate picture of our society. Everybody just wants more. Me too. Do you know how often I'm like, oh, I wish I had more money. I wish I had enough money to do this. I wish I had more vacations. I wish I had more of this or more of that, you know, more time to do the things I like to do and more and more and more and more. And this is King David talking. He literally had all the more. He was the king. He had enough money. He had enough influence. He had enough power and success. So this is coming from a man who's really had it all. And he's still saying, that's not where it's at. Why are we saying more, give me more and more and more and more when really God is all we need. I have more joy, he said, than people who are more successful than me. And that is the exact opposite of like what we hear our whole life. Imagine that you can have more joy right now than like, I don't know, your favorite TikTok star or whatever. Whoever you think has like an amazing life, you can have more joy right now in your current circumstance than they could ever have without God. We don't think that way and we're not trained to think that way. Money and success and achievement cannot bring you joy. They cannot bring you joy. I could say that 10 times because it's the opposite of what we've heard our whole life. This is the opposite of Western culture and the opposite of the American dream that says, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work hard, I'm going to get a lot of money, and I'm going to be happy. Right? We could summarize it that way. And that's what we spend our entire life training to do. Why do you go to school? To study. To get into college. To get a job to get money, to be happy. Do you hear how that's the opposite of what God is saying? I'm not shading our education system. I enjoyed my time in our, <laughs> our education system here. But I'm saying literally from kindergarten, you have been kind of trained to do the exact opposite of what God is saying. And the end result of all that is happiness, right? Why do we even want to get a good job to make good money? So we can go on vacations, right? Or buy what we want to be happy. But God is saying, no, no, money and success absolutely cannot bring you joy. It's not that it's not like guaranteed or something. They just can't. They can bring you maybe, maybe a bit of happiness, but it's fleeting and it doesn't last. People in your life literally put pressure on you to chase that idea of success 
with the end result of hopefully being happy. And God saying, no, that's not, not how to do it. And the sad reality is most people chase that dream their entire life of being financially stable and satisfied. Hopefully that's the end result. They chase that their whole life and they never, ever get there. They never get there. They think they'll be happy when they get there, but there are too many barriers, so they never even get there. They never make it. And there's another group, you know, I think that's maybe like most people, but there's another group of just businessmen and billionaires and celebrities and people like that who we would look at them and say, well, they made it, you know? Look at that football star. He came from, you know, just like a town of poverty and he overcame all these obstacles. Well, he made it, you know? He made it. And there are a group of people who look like they made it. Maybe they achieved that dream. But at the end of the day, how many of them die by suicide? How many of them have drug problems? How many of them have addictions? How many of them just act wild in public? How many of them are interviewed and they sit there and say, hey, I got it all and, and I'm miserable? You know? They made it. But they found out there's no joy in this. I chased all this stuff. I was one of the lucky ones who made it, but I still don't have joy. The first group of people never even achieved the dream. So they didn't realize that it wouldn't bring them happiness and joy. The second group of people did bring it. They did achieve it. And they, it still didn't bring them joy. And so their lives often end in disaster. And I heard this quote too, kind of to this point. It's attributed to John Lennon, but then when I looked into it, no one can find where he said this. So I'm not sure who said it, but I agree with their sentiment. And it says this, when I was five years old, my mother told me that happiness was the key to life. When I went to school, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I wrote down happy. They told me I didn't understand the assignment, and I told them they didn't understand life. What is he talking about? What are you chasing? We have been raised to absolutely chase the wrong things. And this has literally come to me just in like the last two years of saying like, you know what? I really don't care what happens. I just want to have peace and joy. I don't care if I live in my tiny house forever. I just want to have peace and joy. <laughs> I don't care if, uh, you know, I lose my job tomorrow. I just want to have peace and joy. Like we chase the wrong things for so long. And I want to ask you tonight, are you looking for joy in the right place? When you're not happy, what do you turn to? And here's how it's gone in my life a little bit. Sometimes we eat up these social media quotes that say, you know, do more of what makes you happy. And literally before, when I've been unhappy, <laughs> I've literally sat down and like made a list of like, okay, what makes me happy? Like what brings me refreshing? What do I really love to do that I never do? And in my mind, the solution was to change my schedule to do more of what makes me happy so that I would be happier. But as I said earlier, I sat down and I did those things and I still wasn't happy. Why? Because I was turning to the wrong things to bring me joy. Those things literally can't bring me joy. Hobbies or things or success or money in my bank account, 
They cannot bring me joy. They just can't. And I've even been guilty of turning to those things when I don't have enough joy in my life. Looking around and just being like, well, maybe I'm just not like resting enough. And maybe I need to, you know, just do more fun things. I just work all the time or whatever. And there's some validity to that. But at the end of the day, my joy has to come from God's presence. And if I don't get it there, I won't find it anywhere. It's joy that fulfills. Instead of seeking wealth or careers or success, seek joy. Seek joy. That's what makes everything worth it. If you achieve all those other things but you don't have joy, you'll be more miserable than you were when you started. And I've realized that on only a small scale in my life. And one thing I was thinking about, I used to read Ephesians 3.20, and it says, you know, God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask, think, or imagine, right? We all love that verse because it speaks to the, the largeness and the greatness of God. And I used to read that verse and I used to think about money and houses and clothes. And I realized the other day, you know what? When I read that verse now, I just think of joy and peace and health that God can do so much more than I could ever ask, think, or imagine to bring me joy. And that is just the greatest thing because then I know even when I walk through hard times, I could still be joy. Even when there's no reason for me to be happy, I could still be joyful. God can do that. That verse says God can do anything you know far above anything you could ever come up with. And the cool thing about God is that he says, hey, put me first and all these other things will be taken care of. That same passage is talking about things like food and clothes and money and like how are we gonna live our life and I gotta have enough money to take care of this. And there's no joy in scrambling toward all that, but God says, hey, put me first. And really based on the other scriptures we read, if we put him first and we spend time with him, we are gonna have our joy fulfilled really to the point where we don't even need those other things, but he's so good, he'll give them to us anyway. If you have it in your heart to have a certain career, that's fine. If you have it in your heart to have a certain achievement, that's fine. If you have it in your heart to be able to afford, like, I don't know, I don't know, what do you guys like? What are the kind of shoes you guys like? Those are expensive. And I had no idea people would be reselling those things for $2,000, and I was trying to get in on the sneaker game for a minute and make some money, but then I found out it was hard. But... My point is, if you have it in your heart to have those sneakers, that's fine. Who cares? But don't chase the sneakers. Chase God, and he'll take care of the sneakers. Like, it's no big deal, you know? So those are my two things I just want to communicate to you about joy tonight, is that joy is not a feeling, it's a fruit, and that happiness is circumstantial, but joy is circumvential. And in closing, there's one more thing I just want to bring to your attention. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. And it says this, always be joyful, period. Never stop praying, period. <laughs> be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. And really, if you have some time, it's worth reading this whole passage there. There's a bunch more verses, and they're kind of just talking about like, this is what the Christian life is all about. It talks about being peaceful and being humble and being merciful and forgiving, all these really good traits that we should have as followers of Jesus. But then it gets to these verses where it says, be joyful and pray always and give thanks. And when I was reading that, I thought, this is so cool that God is listing joy as just like a normal Christian discipline. Yeah. 
you haven't even achieved anything great. <laughs> it's not like groundbreaking. It's not even super difficult, I wouldn't say. It's just that God is counting joy as something that should be normal in your life as a Christian and as a follower of Jesus. So if you don't have it in your life, I want to encourage you, it's easier to get in your life than you think. Walking in joy is easier than you think. It's just a matter of making the choice to spend time with God on a consistent basis so that joy can come in your life and stay in your life. That's what we mean when we say like walk in joy. To me, that means I wake up every day to seek God and get in his presence. And when I do that, that joy is going to be in my life and it's not going to go anywhere no matter what happens or if things go from bad to worse or if things get difficult it's going to be there because it's just a normal Christian discipline. We should be people of joy, just as we're to be people of prayer and people of thanksgiving. God lists it right in there with all that. Like, hey, you're also people of joy. And I want to say, you know, just make joy your aim. Make joy your goal. If people ask you what you want to be when you grow up or what you want to do in life, you want to be joyful. You want to be happy. I've given that answer to a couple people in the last year. They said, well, what do you want to do about this? I don't know. I just want to have joy and peace. <laughs> That's all I want to do. I just want to have joy and peace. And when you begin to really prioritize that joy and seek the joy instead of the things that you think will bring it to you, you will be shocked at how great your life can be, even in the hard times, just because you learned to walk in joy. And I'm sharing this with you guys as just experience of my life in the last year. Like I said, I went a long time being frustrated on this topic. So my heart is to share this with you guys so you don't have to go a long time being frustrated, but just make joy your goal and everything else will be taken care of. So as we close tonight, I'll pray for us. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media. 